0: All right, everybody, and welcome back to WKTL. Today, we have two very special guests who have two very, very wonderful looking movies coming out uh, this year. We have from Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, playing the, the titular Black Panther. And then we also have Owen Wilson from a movie called No Escape, uh, in which he plays a, a father rescuing his family from uh, a certain, certain danger and a upheaval in a Eastern Asian country. Uh, gentlemen, welcome.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: So, I mean, I, I can't really help but noticing some of the, the similarities between these two films. I mean, there is a lot of stuff going on with, with family and kind of the importance of that connection. Uh, Chadwick, t- talk a little bit about what, what family meant to you in, in Black Panther. Well,
1: family is a tentpole, of, you know, the the black family and as we're trying to uh uplift the black family w- within you know the marvel universe the best we can do is you know provide uh a, t- a template if you will for 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 the black family something that they can ex- aspire to you know and and, and we want to we want to be that example
0: definitely oh and what what about no escape
1: oh yeah well um what i what i had to do i had to do what any father would do and 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 you know the situation you know, my situation was pretty 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 wild you know the presidential takeover and everything and, uh, I I had to do what I had to do for my family you know I had two daughters and you know when it came time to it you know I threw them off the roof of a building you know in order to save their lives wow. so I you know I think you know that's pretty that's pretty honorable
0: too that that is that's certainly something uh both of these films are also really looking at uh, you know, an international lens, you know, taking in two countries that we don't really see too often, you know, giving us a, a deeper look, even though Wakanda might be fictional, it is taking place in, in Africa. And No Escape takes place where, Owen?
1: Um, I'm being told I'm not allowed to say, still.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Well, Charlie, we talk, talk a little bit about bringing Wakanda to life as a place. Well,
1: well the crazy thing is, you know, we had so many, uh, a team of people go to Africa and, and live, live among the tribes, take pictures of the wildlife. And then they took all that research and brought it back to Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta, where we shot the film. And, you know, we were able to replicate something quite beautiful for, for the film.
0: And Owen, talk a little bit about bringing to life the unnamed East Asian country that your movie took place in. Uh, Well, to be quite
1: honest, the studio told me to just get on a plane, and I I went to Cambodia, but I also went to Thailand. I also went to several other smaller countries that are somehow smaller than those, and I was not allowed to say what those ones were, but we shot the movie in many, many places. Some of them were quite um, angry. Angry is probably the best word I could mm. use for it. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Mm. Angry that we were there a little bit too. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we wanted to provide a, provide a, you know, a, a lens into their unnamed countries that, uh, you know, uh, we wanted to reflect as sure. well.
0: Right. Uh, and uh, last question here, you know, there's, there's a lot of political elements at play in Black Panther. You know, we're really looking at all of these different, structural things whether it's you know the the weight of the monarchy or how these countries deal with you know the rest of the world whether it's america or other countries talk a little bit about the political implications of a movie like black panther
1: well definitely a lot of people want to assume that africa is a continent full of nations that aren't very strong you know and what we wanted to do was show that wakanda is a feared nation not even a feared nation but a respected nation and I think, you know, to to respect Africa is to be one with Africa. Black Panther forever.
0: Wakanda right. forever. Right, right. Wow, that's that's deep, Chadwick. Uh, Owen, talk to us a little bit about the political implications of a movie like No Escape.
1: Yeah, well, wow. You know, we, we, we got off the plane. It was a it was a 14-hour plane ride, and uh, when we got there, they were uh, not happy to see us, um, not happy to see us at all, and um, the funny thing is that in the movie, uh, the characters aren't happy to see us either, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm going to say that a lot of that wasn't acting. Um, I was uh, very afraid for my life. Um, wasn't a lot of blue screens or um, insurance um, on site, so very, very worried, Um still worried about how this movie is going to be received but hey you know you know I, I i got a call from my buddy wes anderson and i think i'm going to F- france next year so uh you know i think things are going to be pretty good for uh good old owen <laughs> well, good
0: yeah. for you buddy wow uh that's going to do it for us today thanks so much chadwick and owen for joining us and be on the lookout for black panther and no escape coming to a theater near you soon
1: i think i left my wallet in cambodia
2: can't save us. We don't want to be safe, can't save us. We don't want to be saved, can't save us. We don't want to be safe, can't save us. We don't want to be safe, can't save us. We don't want to be saved, you can't save us. We don't want to be saved you can't save us. We don't want to be safe can't save us. We don't want to be, save be saved.
0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People on Savy. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got a movie today that I, you know, the only way I could describe it is...
1: Hate it. I didn't
0: like it. I didn't like it at all. And I, <laughs> I didn't like I, it. I, I, me and Cameron had the similar experience where we thought this was a different movie. Completely. <laughs> and, and we thought it, it was the same wrong movie. Yes, but its it is... It's, Oof. All right, we'll get into it, but we're, we're very happy to welcome our guest today, uh, who not only brought this movie to our attention, but I feel like has a lot of things that I want to hear, because watching this movie, as offended as I was, I can only imagine uh, what was going through their mind as they watched it. But uh, she is a writer and editor. Uh, she runs the Prague Writers Workshop. Uh, this is Mayno.
2: Hi, guys.
0: Hi, everyone. Hey, Hello. May. So, nice to be here. Yeah yeah you're you're all the way in Prague, which is yeah uh, <laughs> uh, a world's away from us, but we we definitely appreciate you uh, joining us and taking some time to talk with us today. And I'm interested just in general. I mean, like from your journey, I know you know, from Australia to Prague, and you know some of your talents that you lived in, um, you know, a couple of different South Asian countries, like what has your experience been like, not only just as as a writer, but just kind of like observing culture? And all these different places that you go around, because is it something that you feel like there is a cultural connection that you're kind of gathering as you're moving from place to place, specifically, if you're thinking about, you know, the Asian diaspora, or is it kind of like you're, you're learning about these different cultures and just kind of how, you know, even though there are similarities, there is a certain uniqueness to all these places that you're seeing around the world.
2: I think i mean that's like a really huge question to unpack but i think (laughs) i think generally overall like i i i can only look through the lens of a diaspora so already being an immigrant or coming from an immigrant family from cambodia to australia and then traveling and living in as an expat or what i call like a double diaspora or double Mm -hmm. immigrant in like europe mostly but also asia so i've lived in Paris, London, Singapore, Morocco, and now Prague. And and I think I think in terms of Asia and Southeast Asia specifically, living back living there and kind of visiting there often, it was it it's interesting. It, it's kind of like I didn't know that I needed that. In the sense that um, it was the first, for example, I lived for two years in Singapore and I visited Cambodia a lot for my work. I didn't know that I needed to be in an Asian majority country. I had never been, that. I had never done that before. I'd never lived like that before. And it was like, oh, I actually really needed that. I actually really needed to be around people who look like me and who celebrated, for example, Chinese New Year. It wasn't something just done in the home. It was like, you know, the whole country did it. I was like, oh, this is what it's like to, to be a majority. And there was a kind of, kind of healing in that. And so, you know, I can't separate how I experienced traveling and living overseas and the expat experience from my experience as a kind of immigrant and, and it's interesting because I met a lot of expats and a lot of uh, American expats a lot of Australian expats and yeah and, and they definitely come from a different perspective I, I I feel um so it was interesting watching this movie uh you know it was very very much from the perspective of a kind of white American expat and brought up some trauma from uh, some expats are really bad I, I, that I've met, um, white expats, whether it's American or Australian or, or, or English. So uh, yeah, yeah, some, some are pretty, pretty bad in their kind of uh, uh, exoticization, Orientalism. Uh, yeah, the, their perspective, I mean, it, it, in a way, it kind of reflects um, how some people do act. You know, on, on, a, on a grand scale, but how some people do see the other, you know, when they travel, when they live in another country that's so different from their own culture. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we've we've seen it a couple of times on the show where, you know, white people show up in a foreign country, specifically an Asian country, and it's just like... Uh, just, like I mean, you mentioned it, we'll talk about it, uh, you know, the scene in this movie where they arrive and it's just kind of like... Scenes of people living life, you know, like nothing sinister is happening. They're just outside (laughs) doing things, but the music is ominous, and they're looking at them like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we have to live here amongst them." And it's just like, "What bad thing is happening that you're seeing?" And I definitely, it it happens with a lot of. I mean, you know, it's Asia, but it's also Africa, it's also South America. Like any place that is not the West, automatically there's there's something off about it that you see portrayed in in, in media and it's always fascinating because it's never like sometimes in like this movie specifically like they get to it where it's just like and now it's just chaos but like it's never like you're watching oh these people are like beating each other or like setting things on fire it's just like Mm. they're they're cooking outside and like somebody's playing music. They're buying food at the market. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. And they're like, Oh my god, they're buying food at the market. And they don't have grocery stores. And it's just like I mean they do, but also they have markets. So like there's Yeah, but then two they're playing like happen. the
1: Terminator the Terminator theme <laughs> under like dun 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 and like I'm just like, Oh my god, it's like a Tuesday afternoon here.
0: Yes. Well, uh, let's let's talk about the movie, mate What film did you choose for us to watch this week?
2: no escape which was uh, released in 2015 i believe starring owen wilson lake bell and pierce brosnan
0: yes it was directed um and co-written by two brothers john eric doddle and drew doddle and was this is this is one of these things right like sometimes i look at these numbers and i'm like no way right on wikipedia the budget is five million dollars that's a lie. What I, are you talking I, about? I don't believe that is true. Five single million dollars is like five single million dollars. Other places have it listed as estimated ten million dollars. I still also don't believe that's real. Again, everything everywhere all at once, twenty five million dollar budget. And that was a oh, wow. low budget film. So yeah. like <laughs> for this movie to cost more, this movie had shootouts, explosions. Yeah. <laughs> a helicopter fell out of the sky like for yeah. it to cost five million dollars and just the personnel at the
2: at the end of the credits there was so much personnel like so many people yeah. involved in that movie I the mean, credits was,
1: did go on for a while
2: yeah, were they underpaying the thai actors and the thai staff is that what it is like? i, I would know, be knows?
0: surprised and i feel like Paris probably got a feeling <laughs> Pierce Brosnan alone is five million dollars. Yeah, like getting exactly. Chris Brosnan to show Same. up. Exactly. <laughs> so, Owen, Mil- Owen Wilson's got to cost at least a cool three or two. So, the box office is fifty four point four million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, it made money hand over fist. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about its reception a little bit because I think that is interesting. So, yeah, me and Cameron thought that this movie was two thousand ten's The Impossible, which is a movie about. <laughs> A similar situation: a white family in Thailand, and a tsunami happens, and they're trying to escape. And I guess that is based on a true story. I haven't seen that movie. I guess it was Tom Holland's first movie, so that's something. But like, this is not <laughs> this, this is, is not the movie where Owen Wilson. I guess without any like research or any like just due diligence about the country he's moving to or the company he's working for, decides to uproot his family and move to a foreign country, not learn the language, not even learn where the embassy is, just show up <laughs> for work, and all of a sudden... And this is this is something I, I want to ask because I'm not quite sure how to properly describe the people of this movie because the movie doesn't do any service to the people of this country by literally not even naming the country telling us where (laughs) you know, like the words that we kind of use to describe these things often are stigmatized in ways that I'm not quite sure what would be the appropriate language because it's like they're, you could call them revolutionaries. You could call them freedom fighters. Although all we see them doing literally is killing yeah. people. So like we never hear directly from them about their wants or like somebody says something about blood water, somebody says something about a country, you know, being enslaved by Western capitalistic, you know, interests, but we never actually hear from them what it is that they want or anything like that. So I I guess I'll just call them the people (laughs) because that's might be the best way to describe them because it's it's they're not Pierce Brosnan will have you believe in his five second speech that they're not bad but we never see them doing anything not even like positive but like it is just chaos and mayhem and like you know we never get any insight into what is actually happening but I will do my best to describe what happens to this movie in five minutes in less Can't than
1: five minutes in
0: five minutes or less can he do it we're trying we're trying to get better you know it's a new year <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're working on it um cameron when you got the timer let me know and i'll try to jump into it
1: here we go three two one
0: and so the movie starts off in again a, a South Asian country, a Southeast Asian country. We don't get the name of it. I actually went back because I watched the opening scene, and then I was like, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. So I looked it up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia says in Cambodia, but the movie doesn't actually name the country ever. So you see the flag
1: uh, once throughout the whole movie. It's, that's what. That's why I only. That's the only reason I knew where we were because I saw the flag uh, once.
0: But the prime minister of this country just gets murdered. Uh, within the first two to three minutes of this movie, after having a meeting with uh, representatives of Cardiff, which is an American company that does water systems in, in different countries around the world. cut Hard cut from that to <laughs> Jack Dwyer, who is uh, Owen Wilson, who's moving here again. Like I said, sight scene, just offered a job, took it, moved his family from Austin, Texas, halfway across the world. I guess his last company went bankrupt, is what we're to believe, and so he's trying to start over. It's it's implied that this is kind of like a last ditch chance, or like a he like a risk he had to take, which I I don't understand why. But they are on this flight. Who's behind them? But Pierce Brosnan, uh, who is also going to this country for reasons that we don't know why. But they get off the plane. They're expecting to be taken to their hotel by the company. Nobody shows up to get them. Pers Brasna is like, hey, if you need to get where you're going, I can help you. All these people here are just going to rip you off. They're scam artists. Don't listen to them. Get on this bus driven by Kenny Rogers, who is a man who says he bears a resemblance to Kenny Rogers. Like they have him say his name almost as like a joke. Uh, like his actual name, because I think the yeah. daughter says like that's a that's a long name. Uh, and he's like yeah just call me kenny rogers and they're like that's better and i'm like wow Uh, Mm -hmm. so they have him they get on his bus and like may was saying there's just a, a montage of just people living their lives over sinister music as they look around and get the sense that something might be wrong here we don't know what it is uh so they get to the hotel nothing works nothing in their hotel works the tv doesn't work some of the lights don't work um, Owen Wilson is like, yo, let me go fix this. Let me go see if my company has called me yet. Nobody has. Uh, he goes and talks to Pierce Brosnan, who's doing karaoke at the bar, and Pierce Brosnan's like, "Welcome to Asia. This is what it's like all the time here. Enjoy your stay." Uh, and just disappears upstairs. Lake Bell is crying <laughs> for no reason in the hotel. We don't really understand why, but she's upset. But Owen Wilson's like, "Tomorrow's a new day. Everything's gonna be great." Wakes up tomorrow, goes downstairs to get a newspaper. They're like, we don't have those here, sir. You need to go across town to the shop. Goes to the shop, gets a newspaper that's three days old. Um, and But while he's walking out, all of a sudden there is a skirmish on the street. The local police and, again, just the people of this country who are fed up with something that we don't get any context to to start going at it in the street there's a huge brawl owen wilson's caught in the middle of it people are being murdered like the police just start shooting and like kill at least a couple people um owen wilson for like two seconds tries to protect this woman and her child but then abandons that idea and just runs (laughs) for his life (laughs) when he gets back to the hotel he sees that they are dragging just any foreign white person out and just shooting them in the street so like he's like shit I gotta get out of here he jumps on a ladder to go up but they spot him and they start to shoot at him and try to get at him he's able to get into the hotel where he sees oh no they're just killing everybody anybody who's in the hotel is just being murdered indiscriminately he runs upstairs to go talk to his family Lake Bell is getting his daughters dressed to go to the pool except She's not because one of them has already gone to the pool without her noticing. So Owen also has to go back downstairs, rescue his daughter from the pool. More people are just being killed. Like Lake Bell is watching people across the hall just being like hacked with a machete, I believe is what's happening. And as they go along, like it's just vicious and bloody murder of any person you see on screen. Some of them white people, most of them not white people just being hacked up everywhere. Pierce Brosnan comes out of nowhere. Is like, yo, we got to get to the roof. They go to the roof. There's a bunch of people kind of hold up on there. They think they're safe. They're trying to figure out what to do next. Except somehow uh, the people got a helicopter. (laughs) Now on the roof, just shooting at them from a helicopter. So now things are even worse. Except apparently they don't know how to drive a helicopter because it immediately crashes (laughs) within like five seconds of showing up on screen. At this point, they're that's like, it. "We're, not, that's, we're that's not. the first act. <laughs> yes, yeah, the first act." <laughs> at, at this point, they're like, "We don't know what to do because this isn't safe. Is anywhere safe?" So Owen Wilson has the brilliant idea: "Let's throw our children off a roof." And so <laughs> he basically gaslights and forces Lake Bell to jump off of a roof, uh, which looks. I mean, they're up on the roof of a of a, at least a twelve to thirteen story hotel. And so she has to jump off the roof to the other side. And then he one by one throws his two children, one of them who is probably like six, the other one who is like 11. So not, you know, like that's next level strength to hurl an 11 year old child (laughs) off a roof all the way. So like he throws both of them. There is just a, a, a hapless Asian man standing there watching all of this happen. Once they jump off the roof, it's his turn, but of course he gets shot to death before he can even jump. So now they're at, like at this office building where they just make weird jokes at each other. Like I guess mm-hmm. they're trying to like dissipate the tension, but then Owen Wilson's like, "Oh shit, they got a tank!" So all of a sudden, there's a tank on the street that's just like shooting at everything like i think at a certain point they see that they have a like a like a banner that the company made that has his face on it and so it feels like they are literally just trying to find this yeah. one white man in, in this whole <laughs> this country uh, it's
1: so, important. so i love how he holds it
0: up too he's like you my nigga
1: you we're coming like this, for you
0: they see him and they're just like, "Yo, we got to get this man. We got to we got to do anything we can to get him." So, they blow up this office building. And one of the most egregious scenes of the movie as they're trying to hide, Owen Wilson drags the body of a dead Asian man in front of the hole that they're hiding under, which was just gross. And so they're hiding under this hole. They're, you know, trying to wait oh, it out. It gets out. grosser yeah because then as they're getting ready to leave there's i guess just one of these people milling around maybe came back to like rob people is what it seems to be implying uh and then owen wilson like sees him he sees owen wilson owen wilson like jumps on him and then like beats him to death and lake bell is kind of watching it i can't tell if she's like oh you know she's like oh you know like her reaction is kind of like split in a way where she was like i didn't know you had that in you but like also maybe i should get a divorce uh because <laughs> i don't think i want to live with that man but they managed to steal a scooter and they're going out in the street they're kind of they're trying to find their way to the american embassy but as they turn, there's just like a, a parade of people marching down the street. For some reason, Old Wilson, again, another one of his dumbass decisions says, Let's just go through all of these people. They'll let us by because even though clearly we are white people, <laughs> our, our arms are not covered. Uh, we have blonde hair, <laughs> big old blue eyes. <laughs> They'll never notice us if we just cover our faces, and so like <laughs> they try to go through. And another weird moment that I can't read what the movie is trying to tell me. Yep. The, their bike flips mm-hmm. over. They they pick it up. Like one of the people in the in the march picks it up, but then looks at Owen Wilson, clearly recognizes him as a white man, and seemingly <laughs> has a conflict of interest of whether or not he should out him as.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I don't understand what was supposed to be happening there. But anyways, he lets them go. They go to the American embassy. Somehow this this uprising has overthrown the American embassy and there has been no response to this because it's just people are dead and they blow it up. Uh, and so Owen Wilson continues to run, runs into this elderly man's garden who's just minding his own business. But Owen Wilson forces his way inside and says, I have a family. And this is where... And the second most egregious scene of the film, they get ambushed by more of or more of the people who are, you know, uprising. And they, one, like, are gonna rape Lake Bell, like, and they're gonna make Owen Wilson watch uh, after they've already brutalized the man who owns this garden. And so, like, of course, Pierce Brosnan and Kenny Rogers show up, they kill everybody, they make some jokes. They take them back to their safe house and have them, you know, kind of stay out for the night. They say, hey, we're going to get on a boat. We're going to go across over here to Vietnam, which is just over there across the lake. Uh, So we're just going to go there. Give us a couple hours. Also, you're eating dog because you're in Asia. So, of course, you have to do that. And then also, I am complicit and you're all complicit in the events that are happening here because you're working for a company that is intentionally exploiting the people of this country in order to force them into basically slave labor and says the line, something something along the lines of they're just trying to protect their families like you, which is like, huh? <laughs> because I at no point in this movie have heard them say anything. And purposefully this movie As one of those, like, in West Side Story, the the newest one, like, they don't translate as a way of kind of, like, challenging the viewer to make you, in context, kind of try to, you know, get a sense of what these people are saying in conversation. In this movie, they don't translate as a means of fear. Like, you're supposed to be scared that you don't know what these people are saying. And it's scary that they're not speaking English because they could be saying anything, right? And, like, it's scary that you can't communicate with them. And so, like for them to try to make an equivalency between the white family trying to escape and the people who seem to just be hacking each other to pieces with machetes is a wild leap that I don't think the movie executes at all. Because ex like the next scene is they're being shot at on the roof. Of course, Kenny Rogers, the only, I guess, quote unquote, good Asian person in this movie gets shot in the head. And then Pierce Brosnan Inexplicably, with a pistol from I'm going to say 150 yards away, shoots a man in the head, <laughs> and they run <laughs> into the streets. Pierce Brosnan has been shot a couple times. He's he's telling them, "You have to go. You have to run. I can't be with you." Sacrifices himself. Only next to the scene where they throw a child off the roof, the most ridiculous scene of the movie, where he on his knees. Yes. Faces down a speeding truck with a pistol, shoots the driver in the head, and then just gets rammed through. And like that, I guess gives the the family enough time to escape. They almost get out. Owen Wilson is haggling with a man about shoes and a watch when he gets ambushed by I guess just the leader of this. It's the leader of the dude. Yeah, it's the leader
1: of the crew has been like chasing them down. Who
0: also doesn't have a name. (laughs) He don't got a name. And (laughs) and, uh, again, it it doesn't make sense because it seems like it's not even about what originally this all was about. Now it's just about making this man suffer because he's like, your daughter is going to shoot you. And then I'm going to kill her. Because reasons. And so (laughs) uh, while all of this is happening, it gives enough time for Lake Bell to like slam him in the head with a piece of wood. Owen Wilson kills everybody, they get on a boat, the Vietnamese government is like, please do not come here. You're not welcome here. We don't want you to be here. Turn around, go back to unnamed Asian country uh but <laughs> they they get so far into the like they get so far into the waters and then when you know the the people from the unnamed Asian country show up with guns the Vietnamese government is all of a sudden like hey wait a minute don't point guns at Vietnam like now you're the enemy hey people on the boat you can come here now we want you in Vietnam we're going to treat you well and like nurse you back to hell and so the movie literally ends with this white family in Vietnam just laughing at the last seventy-two hours of their life, uh, seemingly just gonna go home and keep keep it moving. Like you know, this is a funny story at a cocktail party that we can tell. Uh, and that's this is, no and, that, and that's,
1: and that's it. I mean, that is the movie. Can I tell you what I thought was one of the <laughs> silliest things that happened in this entire movie? I mean, try to narrow it down. I mean, yeah, I've got plenty of choices, but one moment struck me as a little odd, and it struck me as, like, how they were treating the movie. Uh, it's right after they have just jumped to the second roof, and they're all <laughs> inexplicably on the other side. Uh, Owen Wilson asks, one of, their, one of their kids has a nickname instead of Briegel. Her, her name is Briegel, and they call her The Beezus. Yeah, which I assume is a reference to maybe like Ramona and Beesus, the Beverly Cleary book. But like, I don't know, whatever. Uh, either way, gunshots ablazing, th- he still has time and humor enough to be like, "Where's the Beezus? What? <laughs> it's Bregel or B? It's it's either it's not the Beezus. We got a little time to like joke. Or,
0: no, no, nah, he, and that's." He he had the new had five a minutes. He was trying out. He yeah. Get...
1: <laughs> hey guys, where's the Beezus? I mean, come on, right? Where's the Beezus? Yeah. Uh, but like at the same time, it's you're being shot at. There's there, you just jumped to a roof. You probably broke or fractured one of your legs, like, or all kinds of things have happened. But you have enough time to goof around with your wife and chat about like where's it's, the, it's Beezus? the true that he's such like, a Like what's
2: dad, isn't he like a great family man? You know, he's he's calm. Yeah. He's collected. he, he he's resourceful. He knows what to do and he's still like um yeah a great dad um able to joke (laughs) he's still got got a time for for a a healthy joke
1: (laughs) amongst wartime but but what i saw but what i saw out of that was the screenwriter not understanding a like the importance of the situation they have created right this is a situation that they have created for entertainment but two that it's 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 lighthearted enough at that moment and it also like bleeds into the moments with Pierce Brosnan later where they're making jokes and talking about Kenny Rogers and stuff like that all amidst mm-hmm. wartime this is a tense movie this is a pretty tense like 95 minutes you have yeah. to watch mm-hmm. this movie you know and
2: i feel like it i feel like it's also about trying to highlight like essentially like this is like a family dynamics movie so it's like Showing how, like, mm. you know, the family get through it. There was like a lot of emotional hits that they were trying, aiming for, you know, about, oh, you know, when he mm-hmm. was talking to his wife about, oh, she was saying, it's so profound the moment when they gave, I gave birth or something. This was like, you know, when they were um, trying to get to sleep. <laughs> uh, you do remember that? And um, she was yeah, about yeah. the profoundness yeah. of being the mother of these children. I'm just like, if I was in that situation, I mean, I, that's, I would not be having heart to heart moments. Like, I would be just in fear right. and adrenaline and stressed out, stressed out. And, but I feel like this is a family movie wrapped up in an action thriller. Like, it, it's because tr- it, I, I felt yeah. like mm. I was told to care about this family and about the kids. The kids were admittedly adorable. And that's the point. You know, you're supposed to like care about this family, yes. right? And what happens to them and, and make, and that, and that it feels right that like, it's all about them and that they survive and that you know brown bodies don't necessarily you know survive make it
0: well and and numerous times the kids throughout this movie are used as a shield for them to gain entry Mm. into places because they look at people and they yell at them family family the old man's going at their children she literally said family
1: family and he yeah turned he turned completely 180 like, he turned the cheek ah, and was like shit all right damn come <laughs> come on hang out of my garden at the all risk right. of me beat being beaten
0: you know and it's like they if they didn't have the kids i don't think they make it
1: movie ends yeah. 80 half, minutes halfway earlier. through
0: you know what i mean because i think people look at them and say it's we're in the same situation you know what i mean everybody's just running for their lives yeah so like you know sucks to be you i guess yeah but like we're not gonna lay down our lives for you because that's why that man sticks around on the roof to help him get his child right back up if there is no children there he's jumping he's not waiting for for this i'm surprised he didn't push him over
1: like he was like hey you can't you ain't got time to argue like i don't care what your kid is about to pee his pee pants and, for i gotta and, go
0: and similar situation when they go through that crowd of people if he, because because the man who helps them lift up the moped looks at the children, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and if he doesn't see those kids there, I'm sure he's just like, hey, right here, yeah. <laughs> right here, <laughs> right here, dog, <laughs> right here. I, I got a David right here. I got a Chad right here. It's
2: really about like the primacy <laughs> so of the American family, right? True. Like that this is so important yeah. that mm. you know even like these barbarians are willing to protect them in 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 some situations. You know, like that's how important the family yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why I think it's more a movie about fam- the American family, um, rather than anything of- and, and then the rest is just the backdrop. And like speak- speaking about like yeah, unnamed right. Southeast Asian country. So I watched it and I was like, oh, I recognize this. I rec- it I recognize some things, some elements. So it was like for me it was like a mishmash of Thai and Cambodian um culture and, and visually. So they used mm-hmm. Cambodian script, right? I recognize the Cambodian script. But I didn't recognize right. the language they were speaking, mm-hmm. uh saying. And then I recognized that the names, like, you know, you know, the Kenny Rogers guy, when he said his name, it sounded th- Thai to me. So then, like, I looked it up uh online yeah. as well. And you're right, in Wikipedia, it does say that it, it's in Cambodia, but then it also says that it was filmed in Thailand. And I looked at I I watched the right. credits to see where was the location, and it said it was filmed uh on location in Chiang Mai in Thailand. And that they and then i read afterwards as well that they had to make it unknown uh unnamed because otherwise the thai authorities yep. would not have allowed them to to uh to um film there mm. but so that's why they use this mishmash of different southeast asian culture and also the language i i was like this is this is gibberish and in fact it turned out to be gibberish they made, they like combined like different languages um southeast asian languages so that it wasn't any recognizable language but the interesting thing is you know the rebels i noticed that they wore this um i don't know if you noticed they all wore this red scarf Oh, it's red and white actually it's like gingham red and white and this was Mm -hmm. in cambodian history this is related to the um khmer rouge it was part of their uniform the red and white um scarf called the krama i think uh and i don't know if you know about Cambodian history but the khmer rouge was a a kind of um, a communist revolutionary guerrilla army that uh got into power and over 3 years killed millions of cambodians but uh, so the, it's it, so they were you know utilizing actual like historical things but the interesting thing is like in cambodia the khmerish came into power after uh, after there was a coup by by the CIA by the US essentially in 1970 there was a coup and so then um people responded by supporting You know the communist rebellion against that coup and then they got into power and then they you know basically wiped out their own people and then but then also the US in the end was supporting the Khmer Rouge at the end because they wanted to um take down Vietnam because you know how strategic alliances change before the Khmer Rouge because they're communist they were working with the Vietnamese communists but then they had a disagreement and so they they were against each other and then um so the u.s changed alliances to to back the khmer Rouge at the the end to try and get them back into power by giving them millions of of dollars in order to stop the vietnamese communists so you know so there's no kind of morality in politics it's all strategic alliances so for me like um it was it's interesting because it has so many resonances the fact that this film is about like these people killing each other killing themselves it kind of alludes to like the history of Cambodia, but also in Thailand as well. They also had communist-led coups and, and insurrections, but without looking at why why all of these things happened, and also the West's involvement in, in this in this thing. You know, in Cambodia, there's this school that was used as a torture uh, during during the Khmer Rouge regime, used as a torture um, kind of center. And they've turned it into a museum, and it's it's like haunting. It's haunting. You you just feel like it's you just feel it immediately when you walk in, the, all the suffering there. And mm. I remember I read the guest book uh, at the end, and it said, "We we Americans stand with you." Some some tourists wrote that, and I was thinking, you know, like um, Americans tourists, they come here and they probably think, "Oh, those people killed each other. They, you know, these barbarians killing each other. You know, because millions of people died." but not even being aware of like how these, the superpowers were involved from the very beginning, like, and what created this, you know, which was, you know, the U S involvement in the region, you know, uh, like the Khmerish would have never gotten to power if the U S didn't support a coup, you know? So it's like, so it's like these movies just really, uh, it makes me so angry because these movies really reinforce this idea of like all these like, brown savages barbarians like killing each other like you know what i mean like that's what we saw throughout the whole movie right but anyway so yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah I have, I have a lot more to say about that but we should uh
1: <laughs> yeah well no i think well, i think i think you're right because the the nebulousness of their language the Country setting where we're supposed to be. This is a movie for Western audiences. This is a movie for an American audience. How are we supposed to determine anything other than like yes. other than the family's plight? The yeah. actually, the first thing we're shown in the movie is the prime minister's assassination. So the movie base minimum wants you to be interested in the conflict and at least like that the prime minister maybe was corrupt or uh just the people didn't understand the dealings with um american water systems people things of that nature and we're only supposed to understand that level of the conflict we're only supposed to understand that they didn't like the water systems dealing or whatever happened there but then we're subjected to the rest of the coup. We're subjected to the rest of the violence. We're subjected to uh, the overthrow and all that. And we have no like, kind of way to gauge, like, are they right? are the are the people right but it's not about it, but
2: that them it's not a, yeah it's not about yeah. them it's not about them right like exactly seeing the opening scene of the assassination of the pm it was really decontextualized and it was really just to get us scared i mean you know that's terrifying right just get us scared right yeah because you yeah. see the
1: rebel standing yeah, over his was, dead body and you're just like
2: and it was very oh stylized, they mean business you know, how um, that <laughs> I guess waiter i don't know the the guy in the suit who kills himself at the end rather than and it was like very stylized like the blood splattering so i felt like that was just totally about getting us scared and um prepared for the ride and then the most important thing is the family like that we see in the next scene (laughs) yeah and you know like that thing about i mean i think it's that's what's disgusting is that it uses like a, you know country a country several countries real histories just as the backdrop you know for for the most important right. thing, which is is this um this family's like struggle to survive and you know that touch there's a touch of liberal guilt you know in the sense in the one minute conversation that rosnan has with owen wilson <laughs> with, about the reason the reason for the monologue of this. And yeah like, no it doesn't it doesn't like erase or outweigh everything else that the movie is saying through its images uh and, and through the storyline, um, you know, it's like, for me, it's like, oh, I can't get over like how image after image that we have of the kind of barba- brown barbarian, you know, like cutting people down and, and torturing people. Yeah. and I was just like, it was relentless, you know, and um, yeah, that's it, it, yeah. so, it's so yeah. problematic. I don't, uh, I don't understand like how in 2015 that could still be kind of produced. You know, the the, the the brown bodies could still be used that way. <laughs> you know, and um, and and it's like mm-hmm. the idea of like yeah. the American being persecuted. You know, the, it really plays on the trope of the fear for white people that when they go overseas white Americans in particular that they're going to be persecuted that they're going to be targeted which Owen Owen Wilson is his There's face a target. is literally yeah, on a be targeted banner, you know that they're carrying around and it's like, how ridiculous is that like why would they like, why would they carry around his his picture to, and just to take just to like chase after him inexplicably
1: but it's also deliberate yeah. it's also deliberate yeah. we're painting a picture here right they're down on their luck they're just regular Americans who are maybe going through some kind of strained marriage of some sort of some sort. You know, his business went under. This is like their second, you know, Hail Mary attempt at like some kind of success. And then when they get over there, they're immediately persecuted. And immediately the 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 center yep. <laughs> right? The yep. center oh, yeah. of this yep. inter inter
2: uh, um all about them.
1: intercontinental <laughs> argument. Yeah, or this intercontinental feud, and he had no idea. And he had no idea. So this is the fear. This is like this fearful mentality that they're trying to place on, like the Western audiences. That like exactly like when you go over to Cambodia, if you go over to Thailand or any of these uh, small Southeast Asian nations, that you might have a target on your back just for living your you know strained and an incredibly weighted life that you're living. I guess. Yeah, it
2: almost like plays on these. The fears that Americans have—not mm-hmm. just in America, but the, the expats that I've met over here—you know, I've I've heard people say about how like oh, it's so hard to travel in an American passport, like they feel targeted, and um, you know, but, but it's also like I think almost like a subconscious awareness that yeah, like the U.S. has done shit overseas, you know, <laughs> of so, like being a kind of a foreign intervention that has made people like kind of hate Americans. <laughs> Like, I feel like there's that as well, you know, and it's playing really on this, this uh, fear that some like people have, you know, that they hate us it, because of our freedoms it, or, or because of whatever. Uh, or, or, well, yeah. it's an,
1: I feel like it's an otherism too, because I feel we also, uh, black people also suffer from this in American movies. You know, there's plenty of American movies where you got a rich White man, probably maybe down on his luck, maybe just like uh, took the wrong cab into like Gary, Indiana, or something like that, past ten p.m. Right, and he's just like, "Oh my God, they're looking for me! They're looking for me! They're gonna beat my ass, and they're gonna like, you know, uh, put me up uh, on the on the building and let everybody, you know, see see me with the target on my back." You know, it's it's this it's the otherism of like a a feared demographic, right? Mm-hmm sometimes sometimes it is um when it is brown people it's usually here in america it's black people you know they're caught on the other side of the tracks after dark or something like that and in this case it's they're in they're 12 hours away from america and they're completely at the behest of this entire other nation going through a coup that they have no idea literally centers around them you know yes literally
2: with his face on the banner it's all about him right
1: it's it's almost it's almost like laughable, yes. but it's it's sad that we're the backdrop for these these uh like kind of xenophobic situations that white people seem to go through in movies like this.
2: Right, oh. right, right. I, I, can I tell you one of the what I find one of the most egregious stereotypes in that whole movie? And there's a whole list of sure, them. Sure. But the mo the top for me the top of the list is this. Oh, dare I say it? the the scene where um annie the wife is about to get raped and this the fear of white women Ugh. being raped by brown men you know yeah. in this case in this and i was just like i saw it and i was like i can't believe this is still you know a thing we're doing
0: this <laughs>
2: like i can't believe i was like oh my god that was i that was so i hate I, yeah disgusting I, yeah oh. dis, yeah <laughs> disgusting Exactly. Like, you know, the fear of white women being raped by brown savages, essentially. That was the whole whole scene about.
0: The crazy thing about that whole situation, too, is that (laughs) the next scene, right? Like the one that you were talking about, May, where they're like laying together, uh, like trying to get some sleep. She's not upset about that. Like, the rape is, like, she's forgotten the rape. I know. I know. Like, I thought that's what was happening. I was like, oh, my God. It's crazy. You know, because this is a media trope time and time again where, you know, like, rape is either used as, like, the worst thing that could ever happen to a woman. uh, But then never brought up again, like, a woman will be raped or, like, attempted to be raped. Like, the only time I've ever really seen it done in a way that at least made sense was on The Sopranos uh where you know the the uh psychologist was right but then like that was like a reoccurring thing in her but story that, be- that became a plot device you know for mean? her it wasn't like a thing uh, where it was like for the rest of the season for the rest of the yeah for the rest of this sh- every time she was and on fun, the, rest yeah. of the show like, it wasn't like a thing that was just like oh yeah like we're just we're gonna use this the fear of rape specifically by a black or brown person as like a plot point in our movie and like it has nothing to yeah. do with this female character has nothing to do with her autonomy we're not going to bring it up again she's never going to think about it again but yeah. like in that particular scene we want to make you feel the horror of what might happen I want to say I've I've been really enjoying this conversation because there's, there's something I want to tell both of you <laughs> and this Lead is on coming from the directors you're talking about like the fear of being in this other country and xenophobia and like all of this stuff that seems like this Western like psychosis, you know, put upon, you know what it is to be, you know, traveling in these places. One thing to note before I get to this, and that is that the director of this movie, John Eric Daniel, is known primarily for horror films, right? He directed uh, the Poughkeepsie tapes, quarantine devil as above. So below All of these are different variations of horror, mostly like found footage horror films. Devil was like the one, it was a M. Night Shyamalan written film that he directed. Um, But he is primarily a horror director. The inspiration from this movie comes from a trip that he says he took with his father to Thailand, where two days before he read in the newspaper that there was a coup happening. And called his dad and said, Hey, should we still go here? And he was like, Yeah, it's no problem. Everything's fine. It's a peaceful coup. It's one of those peaceful coups that they have over there. <laughs> they they went over to Thailand. There was a, you know, increased military presence in the country. And he said the only thing that he could think about is what what if it wasn't? And what would happen if a man was here with his family and his kids? And what would they have to do to survive? that experience and so literally what you've been talking about that oh my god this like paranoia that uh westerners have traveling in these countries literally the inspiration for this movie literally Mm -hmm. what he was thinking about when he was there went home wrote the movie
1: so wait (laughs) he goes to the country who's happening yes but it's not necessarily like the peaceful coup his father was. Oh, it's a peaceful coup. Describe well, he, he
0: describes it as a it's, peaceful coup. The, the the military. One of those peaceful
1: coups that just happened. The military, you know? they're
0: just in the street, you know. Like you can see them, but you know no, nothing. Nothing yeah, bad jan- is happening.
1: January sixth attempted a peaceful coup. Sure, sure yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, well, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is like it's it's just wild that it wasn't violent around him. Maybe increase military presence, sure, but he didn't witness violence. Well, and when he went home, he was inspired to. No, he he imagined violence. He, yeah, he
0: imagined the violence. He was like, he imagined what if violence. violence was happening to me. What would I do? He literally right. says, "I'm walking around thinking about I'd hide over there and I would jump across that building and I would do this and I would do that." <laughs> First of all, very reminiscent of all the people who are like, if I had a gun when an active shooter is around, I would do this. No, you would get, oh you my would get God. shot, is what would happen. You would get shot <laughs> every time. If you were in the middle of something like this, you wouldn't throw your daughter across the roof. You would get shot. <laughs> you, or you'd throw your daughter across the roof,
1: and then you'd be like, damn, my daughter didn't make it to the other roof. Or I can't that jump sucks. across a roof,
0: or a, a myriad of other things. And I think that there's a certain fantasy... In people's mm. minds, like I've been in situations that aren't life or death, but are like fairly day I've been in like a car crash and like some Old, other things dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And like, I've never been like, you know what I would do? <laughs> if I, you know, I would be like, I don't I don't know. I have I literally have no idea what I would do. You know, what I mean, I can't even I don't even it's not even that I even want to imagine what I would do. But I certainly know <laughs> that I would not become an action hero. Yeah, yeah. I would just do what I had to do to literally survive.
2: But think of like the <laughs> almost the arrogance and the kind of self-centeredness to say like, oh, a coup has happened in a country, something, you know, that could be devastating. Or think of the worst case scenario coup that is devastating. And think about what I would do or someone like me would do, you know, like like it's all about you, you know, like. <laughs> Um, and, and, well, it's and,
1: my face on the banner. It's my fa- <laughs> <and> it's, <laughs> You know.
2: Yeah, and, and not just like what I would do, but that, that guy, Owen Wilson, like, is the hero, right? Like he's uh, somehow magically able to overpower, you know, three, four, five guys, you know, and, and three, three guys well. that are on
1: his shoulders. Uh, yeah, Owen yeah. Wilson is built like me. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's like, who thinks of making like a superhero action movie out of something like that is like very real? It actually happens and it, people die you know people die and uh you know but it's it's because they're brown bodies that's what that's my cynical opinion it doesn't matter i mean you know if it was you know it, these people you know aren't really people in, in the same sense that we are people that's that's the feeling that i got from the movie and also you know the thing about sure. the coup like thing about history and coups yeah of course that region has had a history of coups yes it's a real thing it it's not just, you know, a stereotype. It's a real thing that happens. But my point is that it's the movie just uses it as a backdrop for it, that's the problematic part. It's not interested in it. It's not interested yep. in what's happening over there, why, and all that. It has no interest in the people there. And it just wants to use that as a plot device, you know, as a backdrop to the real story about this American family, this kind of all-American good family you know, he Owen isn't Owen Wilson like the best dad ever, you know, he's able yeah. to joke with his kids during the middle of a like life-threatening crisis. But know? he's willing to uh, kill
0: for them too, you know. He's yeah, willing to yeah, do exactly. whatever it takes oh, willing yes, to murder yes. the murder several times. And
2: that's the other thing, it's like, like he they slowly become savages because of the savages. You know, like, you know, like you know when he kills, yeah. you know, he's forced to kill, right? He's forced to kill to save his family. And same with the woman, the um Annie, she has to like you know, when they've got her kid, you mm-hmm. know, trying to force her to... She's, like, you know, hacking away at the body. So it's, like, all these, like, really nice Americans who, are, you know, gradually have to, because of the circumstances, become as bad, you know?
1: Well, uh, o- killers. O- yeah. o- Both Wilson, those moments
0: are so wack. <laughs> Owen Wilson, in that conversation with purse Brosnan, says, I killed a man. And purse Brosnan says, you do what you have to to survive. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's not like... Yeah, that's, you know, this is a terrible situation. And like, you know, it's just like, no, you did the right thing. You you, you did you the, killed yeah. him and that was good. And you're going to have to kill more Bolt. people to get your family out of the situation. And I'm emboldening you to go and murder as many people <laughs> as necessary for you to get on a boat and get to Vietnam. And it's just like, wait a minute. Because in the last sentence, you just told me that they have as much justification for yeah. killing you yeah. But now it's just like, but, but in the <laughs> same breath, you can say you justify murder right.
1: like it, both. And also both of those moments are played for the exact same emotional output, which is like, you know, both of them are driven to kill by necessity. Right. Owen Wilson's driven to kill because the guy is like, he's gonna be like, hey they're over here yeah. and he's like shush you gotta be quiet you know i want to bash you with this lamp and then he ends up bashing him with the lamp bl- blood all over his face right and then he gets up and he's like Ugh, i can't believe i did that and the wife is like oh my god i can't believe you did that either but it's kind of sexy i don't know how i feel about it <laughs> and, and then uh later later there's the moment where the leader dude has the daughter you know with the with the pistol in her hand and uh Pointed at Owen Wilson's face and like the mother is like, I'm driven to do what I must do, and she runs over and it's like, Hey, I got up the sheddy, blam, and like hits him and again, like hits him way past the point of death, right? Like they do that thing where I'm just like, I'm just hacking at nothing because the emotion is so strong. Blah, blah, blah. And as she gets up, she's like, oh, I'm a mess too. I'm a mess. I'm okay. I can't believe I did it. And both moments are at Opposite ends of the movie, right? Like, one's in the first act, one's in the third act, and they're both played for the exact same moment of, like, I can't believe I murdered to save my family, right? And that's, like, the only reason that they're driven to, like, savage moments is, like... I had to do this for survival. Even the little girl has the she. It when they're uh trapped under the dead body in that little hole, like they and they're trying to stay quiet. And the little girl's like, "I gotta pee," and she's like, "Okay, but for survival's sake, you gotta pee on yourself." And she's like, "I can't do it. I could never pee on myself. Uh, I stopped wearing diapers five years ago." She's like, "No, no, no, no. You got to keep doing. It. You got to keep going right now. You gotta you got pee yourself right now." And all of it's to say like you're you've been driven to just like pure savagery yeah. because of just this one situation. Yeah. You can, you only need to do that once for an audience to get it. Yeah. But this movie makes you, you go through that moment at least three, four times. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. To yeah.
1: Just, just to say, yeah, just to legitimize that you needed to get out of this country. You needed to, you needed to save yourselves. And it's, it's such like the first idea as a writer. It's it's such the first idea, you know? Like it's not the oh well, what if he did something else or what if she did something else or what if they were able to escape some other way. Yeah. Like what's what's the second idea? What's the third idea? Like none of these moments are given any other nuance. Yeah. Actually yeah. their specific this their situation isn't given any nuance mm-hmm. and the situation of the actual coup that's happening in the nation isn't given any nuance. And I, I was thinking about this earlier and I'm not trying to remake the movie yet or at all really, <laughs> but I'm just thinking like you could have it both ways. You know, they they could still be trying to escape the country, you know, and still, you know, caught amongst violence, but how could they observe the situation? Not necessarily for them to decipher it, but for us as the audience to have some sort of like because if Pierce Brosnan is going to deliver this monologue later in the movie that says you know both sides are bad right yeah both sides They're are very bad, bad people on both are- sides Cameron <laughs> President Trump back again you know like, but like it, if if you're going to have that moment if you're going to have the both sides of it right can't we see both sides of the argument? Can't we see, like, both sides of the... Like, because, why Why did the PM get murdered? Because, why did uh, <laughs> the Prime Minister get murdered? I, we don't know.
2: I, I, I don't think the movie is interested in both sides. Like, I really believe that it's... That's just... A touch of liberal guilt, like a touch of, maybe, I mean, Uh, because it was so brief, right? It was literally what, a 30 second, one minute conversation. You would forget it amidst everything else of the one hour, one and a half hour movie. So I feel like it's, you don't almost don't even need that scene. And so I don't think like they're even attempting to have the both sides kind of thing. And and you know when.
1: Yeah, uh, I was still thinking about that girl smells like pee the whole time.
2: And um, you know when Brosnan says, oh, the only way to escape is to go across the border, across the river, uh, into Vietnam, and they have to give you asylum once you get there? I was like, why do they have to give you asylum? Like, have right. Americans given asylum to people who arrive there? there? There is no have to. It's like, they don't they don't <laughs> explain it. They don't explain it. They just assume. And, of course, they are given asylum. You know, they, of course, they're accepted yeah. at the yeah. end. Like, I knew they would be. But I was just that- like, this is bullshit. And, uh, like, Americans don't give asylums to others. Why are you assuming that they have to give you asylum, they're going to give you
1: asylum yeah, so. yeah can we can we talk about like the the logistics of that moment basically second final moment the moment
2: Ch- <laughs> yeah.
1: it's it's such an insane set of circumstances, right okay, so they've just
0: they just murdered the gang leader well, right let's, and, and let's, let's, Bell's, let's, like, let's rewind before that Owen Wilson yeah sure tries to just take a boat. The man who owns the yes. boat <laughs> is oh, literally yeah. right there watching him he's like oh whoa whoa that's my boat baby what are you, what oh, are you doing and it's like oh that's your boat uh here's a gold watch do you want that
1: okay i like it, i like watches but i think your shoes
0: right and immediately he's like shoes okay are dope. yeah the watch and give me your shoes too on top of that <laughs> you know and yeah. it's like that moment of it's it happens in a lot of these movies where like white people need something and then you know the the local person is like Oh, I'm gonna get everything I can out of you. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip you off and milk you. Like give me, that's not enough. Give me your wallet. Give me your shoes. Give me your shirt. Give me, you know, whatever. I want the watch. Give me the,
1: give me the New Balances. And so it's
0: like he's haggling with this guy, almost like in a moment of comedy over his shoes. Yeah. Before he's supposed to get on this boat and then go, but then the shoes almost get that man killed. Because they're like, right? Oh, you're wearing the shoes of the American man that we've been chasing. You obviously know where he is, so now like you're gonna get shot too, you know? And it's just like this is insane. So all of that happens, and then yes, and then they're on the boat. Camera.
1: <laughs> yeah. Th- this this crazy. That's it. and also this that whole moment is incredibly tense because after that is the moment where you know the daughter is forced to like point the gun at her father. And then Lake Bell, like, brain smashes that guy's face. Yeah, brains him with a machete. Yikes. Whoa. And that (laughs) all happened. Okay. So, you know, that's enough for anybody watching this movie to be like, golly, like enough is enough. Right. They get on the boat. They finally get on the boat. Owen Wilson got shot in the arm. So he can't even, like, fully, you know, like, paddle the boat. Yeah mom's up front doing like the heavy paddling and the daughters are just like, Oh my God, I don't even know what country I'm in, but I'm in a random boat on a river. So they're going down river, right? And it's, things are looking good. This is near the end of the movie. And then finally the rebels show up at the last moment. They're like, Oh damn, they see him. And then they got a light on them too. So, Oh, they're definitely messed up. But then they pull up right on the Vietnamese border. The Vietnamese border is maybe like a hundred feet away or a hundred, you know, hundred yards away or something like that. They can see it. It's got a big it's also got a big old sign that says Vietnam on the and bridge. And like a big time. yeah, like a big <laughs> <bridge>. <laughs> I that. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah,
2: just it's in case like, he yeah, is... hey.
1: Just in case you, you didn't know what country we were trying to get to this whole time, it's Vietnam. Uh and the soldiers are on the bridge, they're lit up. And then the soldiers and the rebels have a moment. The soldier the soldiers are telling the the people in the boat, the family, do not come to Vietnam. They're shouting at them, they're screaming at yeah. them. Do not come to Vietnam. Your vote is... Literally, your vote is not allowed in Vietnam. You do not have permission to enter Vietnam. They say it several times in... And
0: Owen, Owen Wilson indignantly is like, my family is coming is- to <laughs>
1: Vietnam.
0: <laughs> he says it yes. American family here.
1: <laughs> no, Jordan, Jordan, say what he says. Say what my he says. family is coming to Vietnam. We are-, we are coming to Vietnam. There's nothing you can do about it. You do not have permission to come to Vietnam. We are coming to Vietnam. We are going there. And then the rebels are right behind. They're pointing the guns at the family. The soldiers are pointing guns at the family, at the boat. And just by, you know, they've been paddling. So the boat is like just drifting into Vietnamese yeah. territory. They're not paddling. It's not their fault that the boat mm-hmm. is drifting into Vietnam. And at, literally the boat just drifts into the border and suddenly, the soldiers are pointing those guns at the rebels, and they're like, hey, hey, do not- don't shoot that boat, and don't shoot us, because if you do it, we will consider it an act of war, and the rebels are like, damn, we don't- we love bloody violent coups, but we
0: don't like war, so, well, it's alright, peace out. It's wild, because one, you would think that- the, the whole flaw of this movie, <laughs> for me, is that, like- Owen Wilson is the, he's the hero. He's undeniably the hero of the movie. He is yes. the worst person. He has yes. moved his family again to a country he's never visited. He doesn't know the language. He doesn't know where the American embassy is in this country. Bro. And like, you don't even, thats it's not in case of a coup, like your work visa, like all kinds of you other reasons need, you yeah. need to just go there. He doesn't know where that is. It seems like he probably had,
1: needed to go there before you went to the hotel. For real, for real.
0: He's had no <laughs> discernible contact with the company that he's working for in days. Like he gets off, the, you know, like he gets off the plane and is like, "I guess they didn't send a car for me." He gets to the hotel. Well, I guess they're not answering my phone calls. He. To, what, like, he's never- what's What's wild? <laughs> what's wild
1: about that whole part of the movie is like he gets there. You're right. No contact with anybody from his company. Right. And then you see the banner that's got his face on it. You're like, oh, they're like, it, the, saying that the hotel is welcoming yeah. you know, employees of Cardiff. And then there's another guy on the post. I tried to decipher who the other people were. Maybe they would have been another star or something. Like yeah. That, right? The only time you see another person who's American or is from that poster, it's the guy from that poster. It's the other guy from that poster. He gets shot. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, he gets dragged G- out.
1: gets pulled yeah. out of the hotel, and then they shoot him <laughs> in the back of the neck. Right? Yeah.
0: What? But he seemingly has no idea what he's supposed to be doing, where he's supposed to be going. He's moved his entire family. Lake Belt says the line, nobody knows we're here. What? You didn't want to at least chat with that other white man for like five seconds? She means it in the sense of like, nobody, nobody, our families, our friends, (laughs) nobody back in America knows we've come to this country. So like this is your just,
1: Aunt Terry didn't didn't like send y'all a cake before y'all left or something like that. This is presumably just a
0: spur of the moment decision he makes to show up in this country because reasons, right? And another thing you'll be happy to know <laughs> that the filmmakers of this movie kept pushing things back because they were like, oh, the Arab Spring, we should watch that and study it and like figure out how we can use that in our movie oh really they think uh, that? no yeah no they said that <laughs> uh yeah that's what i mean you know other like cultural uprisings that happened they were like oh we should like study that and apply that to our movie i don't know where it got applied because i didn't see right. any of that but the Presumption, yeah, let's sit
1: in our hotel room and watch, like, the Criterion of Battle of Algiers and try to, like, put it in our goofy little, like, action movie. You but I think the, the
0: presumption is, like, there's no way you could have connected the dots to have known that something like this was happening. And I say all that to say that, one, I'm sure Vietnam did. I'm sure they were acutely aware <laughs> of a potential <laughs> regime change in the country just across the river from them. So I'm sure they knew wow. what was about to go down. And so it's crazy that they wouldn't even like why why can you even get why is there not a blockade, like why do you even have access to that river to come into their country, like they would they would immediately dam mm-hmm. and block that up because they don't want random people just running into their country, and it, it, but it's also crazy
1: like isn't this about them like wouldn't they be like oh that dude is
0: on that flight but but it's also like. The implication of the movie is that things like this just happen in these places. Yeah, they just happen. Yeah. Yep. One day, people decide that they're just going to hack people to death yeah. in a way that's like barbaric and, and unimaginable. And living here in Baltimore, when our uprising happened, like it was not a thing that happened that day. It was a thing that Silent. had been happening year after year after year after year of people just sick of the police and and sick of the local government and we also had our own governor send in tanks and the national guard to put us on curfew That's right crazy. so like right. people know what's going on in the place that they're living in like this was not a surprise to 100%. anybody you, except for yeah. owen wilson who had no idea where he was going which is crazy like the
2: movie strips it <laughs> of any kind of social political context because the coup is just a backdrop. It's just used for entertainment. It, yep. that, that's what's disgusting about it, and so problematic. Simply used for entertainment. So you don't need. In fact, it's better not to have any social, or political context. You know, and um, right, but the, right, the, right. the funny thing when you talked about the uprising in Baltimore and all the things that are happening in the in the US, when um, I think one of the little girls said, "I just want to go home," or was it the mother? I don't know. One of yeah, the I yeah. just want to go home. This it is ter- a terrible place or something. And I'm like, um, you know, the states doesn't always seem so great either, depending on where you live. It doesn't sound exactly great. You know, you're hearing about all these school shootings, you know, from outside. Yep. You're hearing about the, you know, the uprising and there's protests. So I'm like, H- hang on a second, you know. <laughs> it's
0: like, yeah, I know.
2: America, America has a good PR, you know, has, does good PR. But it ain't that great. I think
0: <laughs> we do. Great in I want to go home where, you know, there's a good chance that on any given day when I go to the mall, There could be a mass shooting. You know what I mean? Oh wait, my own place where
1: I'm supposed to learn, where I'm supposed to get
0: education. Yeah, I could be shot. But I think the and and also the police won't do anything about it either. Too well, I think the interesting thing too is like, so again, Owen Wilson, terrible, awful, like not (laughs) not good. I mean, like they're they're doing his
1: character, his character. (laughs) Owen Wilson is fine, but like
0: the um the the directors. And writers of the movie you know again presented this as the everyman kind mm-hmm. of like action like Owen mm-hmm. Wilson is supposed to be and like Bill too they're just supposed to be regular people caught in this yeah. fantastical situation right but when you look at it from the inverse right if you are an Asian person either like in the diaspora but like specifically if you are from Thailand Cambodia Vietnam Right, and you're watching this movie. Side note: You can't watch this movie in Cambodia because they have banned it. It is not something that you can see there because one, uh, the script that they use was Cambodian, but was inverted, and so they were immediately like, "Oh, you're not even trying! Like you, you're just using letters upside down and like not even really taking the time oh, to that's like." Embarrassing. You know, so like they were like, "You can't, you can't even watch this movie here." And even in Thailand, they had very strict regulations put on them where it was like can't do anything in front of buddha you know or have buddha in any of our shots you can't name the country that you're in or have anything that might identify the country but like you're saying may like if you're from those places you're watching that and you're saying i know that i've been there i've seen that (laughs) i mean this all feels familiar to me yeah and so like i can only imagine like the inverse of like if i'm watching this movie and i'm from thailand i'm like Oh, I—that's me. I'm the exactly. faceless horde of murderous people that are just killing people indiscriminately. Like that's because people critics have noted it felt like a zombie movie, right? Like the 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 people in the country <laughs> felt like zombies or like rabid animals who like just couldn't wait to get blood on their hands. You that's know, the ultimate
2: like... dehumanization, isn't it? Yeah. They dehumanized mm-hmm. the locals, basically. Yeah, in that movie
1: because the them zombies. The, I mean. The worst part was when you just mentioned that their language is a, a mix of a Thai language and the Cambodian language, but just, like, gibberished up. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. It, that's it's
1: maybe the worst thing you could possibly do, like, right? To take away their language, to take away their
0: form of communication. Yeah, it says that the language they were speaking is a combination of uh, Loetian and Hill Tribe and other local languages that they kind of, like... I guess mixed together so I mean that was part of the agreement they made filming in Thailand is that they can't speak Thai or any recognizable dialect that might tie it back to Thailand but also like the fact that there was no subtitles right like you didn't know what anybody was saying yeah yeah and and the fact that like most of the people Kenny Rogers gets the most speaking lines in the movie of any non-white character and most of it is about how much he loves kenny rogers uh the second bit of it is just him joking with pierce brosnan i don't think we get any actual like insight into what he thinks about what's going on it's assumed that he is not only a mercenary of some sort but is also complicit in whatever pierce brosnan has been doing here in this country the last however many years so like kenny rogers isn't good either i guess because he is helping pierce brosnan do terrible things here in this country but yet pierce brosnan gets some kind of like faux redemption where he like sacrifices himself for this family even though like he brazenly admits that he has been trying to like undercut the entire country and has done this multiple times in other places in which he has Mm -hmm. you know basically turned the local economy into some kind of slave labor for american and western capitalistic interests and yet he's makes the heroic sacrifice to save the family kenny rogers just gets shot in the head like he just he just dies like there's that
1: whole gunfight was inexplicable as hell there's a tower like you said 150 yards away the dude looked like a raisin (laughs) (laughs) and was just like Pop got him. I was like, really? But Pierce
0: Brosnan Brosnan just kind of looks down at Kenny Rogers and says, Mm. and then keeps it moving. Yeah. Yup. He definitely goes like, oh, damn. His friend. Sorry. That we're supposed to assume they have a deep connection. He's just like, sucks to be you, dog. Keeps it moving. It's just like there's no interiority given to literally any non-white character in the entire film. And so like when you just see... Like, even even the parts where I guess they try to give humanity to certain characters, like, I guess all of the people in, I don't know what to make of it. Is it a brothel? Is it some hmm. kind of, like...
2: Opium uh, den as well. There was yeah. also opium smoking.
0: I'm not quite sure what that hideout was supposed to be and why it was safe, but um, it was, like, these these are the kind people, or at least the hmm. people who won't bother you. Um, but it was very much so also like the place that no American tourist would ever go. Except for the other thing about it that's gross is that Pierce Brosnan repeatedly makes allusions mm-hmm. to not just sleeping with Asian women, but how eager to please they are and how mm-hmm. easy it is to have sex with them. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And again, and he, he is also, yeah. like that. He is also yeah. a hero.
2: Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's rede- he redeems himself, doesn't he? Because he saves the family repeatedly. Not just what, not just at the end, but even yeah. before that, he saves the family repeatedly. So he's like a good. Oh, okay, he's a bit, you know, you know, maybe uh, you know, borderline, but he, actually, he's a great guy. He saves yeah. the family. They they made it because of him, you know.
0: But would he also just save himself because he is? I guess it's unclear what his actual role is. I don't know if he's <laughs> technically a government agent. I don't know if he's a person for hire who's working for these different companies. I don't know if he is well, just freelancing well, to I do whatever. He said, are uh, you
2: the British uh, yeah. CIA? And he said, yeah, something like that. Something so, like yeah, that. Yeah, so <laughs> British intelligence. Mercenary.
1: I don't British know. intelligence maybe but
2: it seemed like they tried to give him some kind of backstory with his daughter's necklace you know he hands yeah. it over to the daughter and I knew okay he's going to die now because that he said that necklace has protected yeah. him so he's going to sacrifice himself for this family That, that that's his main role uh, I saw like, um, but he yeah. gets to
0: make a noble sacrifice even though yep. we've learned that he is a scummy piece of shit yeah. and it also doesn't make sense because if he is who he says he is why is he there why would he not immediately leave? Because he is like yeah,
1: if if he knows that the coup is like happening or at least
0: like on the cusp, yeah, he wouldn't be right. He wouldn't he <laughs> <come> wouldn't <laughs> because because he makes like the very stated point that like it is now my responsibility because I have created the situation to get your family out. And it almost feels as if Throughout the film, he is a pseudo guardian angel because not only does he show up multiple times just at the right time to save them in the hotel Mm. when they're about to get raped and beaten in the uh, garden, but also like at the very beginning, you know, when he gets them to the hotel. Like he's just he is a deus ex machina. He's on their flight. Yeah, like in a way that almost feels like he is there solely for them to protect them specifically which doesn't make sense and that felt nebulous yeah because like if he is somebody who is not only useful to the government who is being paid however much money he's being paid to do these kinds of things and seemingly as a mercenary doesn't give a shit about other people why does he suddenly have a vested interest in this white family like if he's tell if you're money. telling me that the way to get out is just right there why are you here why in I feel like why? they
2: tried they try, they try to justify it with, like I said, the emotional backstory of him having a daughter, uh, you know, who he probably died because he said in the first like conversation at the bar with Owen Wilson, he said, I used to be a parent or something. Oh, I used to have children. When yeah. you know Owen Wilson says, do you have children? And he says, I used to. So we can assume his daughter died. And then he maybe identifies with the daughters in that family. So that's why he gives his daughter's necklace that to one of the girls so it's like this but it's very like you know kind of not believable kind of like light touch emotional reason for why he might have you know been trying to save the family but it's ridiculous it's just like added on kind of thing
0: yeah well let's let's try our best to reimagine this movie i (laughs) honestly don't see any justification for it to be a different movie, but May, if, if there's anything you can think of to, uh, I mean, you know, we always try to remove the white savior. Right. But and I don't... Then
2: what do you have when you remove the white right. savior from this? You, you lose the whole story, because the whole story is about the white savior. They are the story, right? And even it's, if
0: it's, it's like a, 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 a Thai family...
2: Mm.
0: trying to escape what's happening in their country mm. like i mean not like this obviously <laughs> like you don't want it to be as like visceral and violent as it is but like is that a is it is it a better story if it's about a thai family experiencing upheaval like this and trying to make it i'm sure there
2: are movies that are about you know that have been made about kind of historical periods in uh uh, you know in in that country i know in cambodia there's been movies made about the khmer rouge and and memoirs being uh, like that have been written um you know the killing fields is one of the movies about you know Mm -hmm. the khmer Rouge. so Mm -hmm. i'm sure it, it does happen it's just not uh never yeah hollywood um you know, it's not a Hollywood, you know, white savior movie. It's just a yeah. complete. It will be just it's just a completely different movie, right? It's not yeah. even in the same genre. And like, who makes a stupid superhero action thriller out of like people suffering, like a country suffering? And that's, that's the whole thing. That's my whole point. I just I can't. Yes. I can't deal with that. I
1: I agree with I agree with you, May. I agree with you so much because I don't know if it was like thirty minutes in or when I felt it, but it it was quick, where I was just like, oh, this is empty. This is empty because why, Why I don't want to see anybody else's suffering as the backdrop for, like, her- heroism, but they ain't even supposed to be there in the first place, like...
0: Oh, Cameron, do you mean...
2: And you don't even go here!
1: <laughs> see, right? <laughs> you ain't even from here! You don't even go here! Such, you- this ain't your place. But
2: do you think it's meant to, like, um, like almost, like, have get the average white American to be able to, like, uh, I don't know, like, empathize or or see themselves in that place. Like, you know, if if they were unexpectedly caught in coup, the average yeah. guy with his family, they could become a hero, too. They, too, could save their no, families. It, you it know? is that fantasy. It, That's what the right, director said fan- he was having. He fantasy. said, this
0: is my fantasy brought to life about what I would do <laughs> <laughs> if I was in a coup. But it's just like, no, and- you wouldn't do that. You would die but,
2: you know like uh, i think like <laughs> like the most da- dangerous thing about this like you know we can laugh about it and we can say it's just entertainment but like entertainment is never just like empty in the sense of having no impact um, and, and politically mm-hmm. and socially because as i was watching this movie and seeing image after image scene after scene of like these brutal like violent um kind of killings all by you know random brown people with no names you know no no real story Mm -hmm. um no real humanity just this constant killing I was like this it's movies like this that justify US intervention in other countries and and not just this one movie but movie after movie after movie you know this is not a unique film in a in that sense you know there are so many movies that are like this that play on the same tropes the, the same stereotypes and you know the kind of American public who don't maybe don't travel or don't know that much uh, about like other countries they will watch this and i think yeah maybe you know like it may, yeah we should like these are barbarians we should be intervening yeah, we should
1: we should be over in afghanistan we should yeah. be over in cambodia or wherever we should be uh extending the long arm of the u.s law yeah our across democracy borders. to others look yeah. and and, and so, so and movies like this end up serving as propaganda
2: yes yes I mean what what else can you take from that like the 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 non-white people they're they're not even people like you said zombies I think that's the perfect you hit on the perfect word this like dehumanization of like kind of the non-white characters and that's that's how we can go to war or justify going to war because we dehumanize them right like they need to be saved from themselves Essentially, well,
0: we've we've seen this movie several times, even recently. Right, the last one of the last movies we watched, No uh, Extraction, takes place in a somewhat unnamed uh, South Asian country where Chris, it's India. Chris Chris, Chris, Chris Chris Hemsworth goes in and like has to save this uh, little boy who's caught between these two drug dealers. But like the whole country is in this yellow hazy filter. You know, it's grimy, e- gritty. Everything is playing off of that same like. This is exactly what you think this country is like from a Western perspective. Like you've never been here before, but it's dangerous. Everybody's dirty. There's so many people moving around. It's like it's 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 too much. You know, sensation and noise and all this stuff. Same thing. We watched mm. The Serpent and the Rainbow, where another coup, oh, another coup happens in the background of that movie, as just like in Haiti, literally oh, wow. like the like just just to build the movie to like a fever pitch like not even it's never really mentioned at all yeah until actually end. it is like
1: it's a <laughs> it's a it's a third act device literally serving as the background almost in the way that the scene the scene when Owen Wilson and his family like drive through the like oncoming parade of yeah. people going in the opposite direction that's what happens in the serpent in the rainbow it's literally like the a Haitian kind of uh this Haitian uh coup is happening in the background it's on television we see it happen on television in the background and then we see it on the streets but then we see the characters walk among this in order to like build
0: build the anticipation for like the third act fight which is yeah. between
1: a, a man and a zombie
0: <laughs> and even e- even in <laughs> even in the filming of this movie on set like Owen Wilson said that when they were there there was you know military presence and like like a sort of coup like thing happening to the point where in that scene in the beginning where the police and the people clash had to be filmed at a very early point in the morning where nobody was around because they were they feared that it would incite violence if people mm. saw it you know what i mean so like the movie that you're making in the country that you're in is like So prevalent and real that people are like, you can't even do this at the like, you have to do this away from people because we don't want anybody to get any ideas, right? But it's
1: because this we don't want the same thing that's going to happen in your movie to happen in real life, but
0: also to that point, it's just like the idea that again, the movie propagates things like this just happen in countries like this, it's like. That's that is what you are told to believe and accept from a western perspective like you why would you question it why would you even think anything to the like why would you ever cuz like every time something like this happens on television here in the west like you have to go and watch like specific news coverage from either an international perspective or from that specific country to actually hear people on the ground talking about what's going on right because very rarely do you get somebody from iran or somebody from uh palestine or somebody from um you know like thailand or other places where it's just like uh hey could you could we interview you regular person who lives here who has some idea and perspective like we get it from ukraine Mm -hmm. you know But, like, we don't, like, all these other places, like, even everything that was going on in Brazil recently, like, I don't recall any, like, news coverage where I was like, let's talk to a Brazilian on the street and see why they're out here protesting. No, we're just going to show you video footage of masses of people on the street. It's kind of scary. Maybe don't go there right now, like, is the message. And it's never, like, let's actually get some context to things that are happening. And like you're saying, I think movies like this just kind of bolster that assumption by people that it's like yeah why why would i ever want to know what the people of this country are actually thinking or feeling i'd rather just watch owen wilson kill them
2: yeah i think it's it's basically a form of essentialism Right. It's a form of uh, like othering yeah. and um, like in the sense of, oh, that's just their nature. That's just how they are. You know, like there's no social and political context. That's just culturally how they are. You know, like, you know, um, Middle Easterners are just more aggressive or violent, yeah. you know, they're, they're prone to coups, you know, like, but yeah, it's a form of essential cultural essentialism. And it's to say that we don't feel like they are like us. They are obviously different.
0: You yeah. Know, Me- meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, throughout french history beheaded people in the street <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like this never happens here except when it has happened multiple times yeah yeah, you yeah. Have, you have to, you have to
1: turn the mirror on yourselves yeah you turn the mirror on yourselves so yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah i think it's i think even you know i don't have a a, a strict reimagining just because like it it always amazes me when you think about and we're, we're about to get into the reception to this movie and i'll tell you it's not what you think it is but uh like when, they, when people talk about movies like this and you know they're like yeah well like you were saying mate like maybe but but it's not really like they don't have a political agenda it's just entertainment it's just x y and z but it's like the the thesis of storytelling and filmmaking is you are making choices Everything mm-hmm. that you show me on screen is a choice that you have made. This is not a movie based on anything. This is not <laughs> historical. This is not coming from anything. This is literally from a man's imagination who made a choice to show us and tell us these things. Right. And so in that instance, I don't know why you needed to involve brown people in this at all. Why mm-hmm. Why are they if, if the movie is about what would you do to protect your family? Why can it not literally be zombies? Why can it not be monsters that have come out of the ground? Why can it not be an alien invasion? Why can it not be something that doesn't have to have not only just white people centered, but centered in opposition to people of color? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, There's nothing here that is telling me that that's an essential part of this movie. You just decided to do that. Mm. And then people gave you money to do it. You know what I mean? But, like, it was never like, yeah, this, it doesn't have to be a documentary. And everything in films are going to be stretched to a somewhat fantastical extent for the purposes of entertainment. But at the same time, like, if the entertainment that you're getting solely is the murder (laughs) of people who are the other, who don't look like you, who are from a country that you don't come from, who are, you know, and like, that's, that's what you're getting out of this movie is like that, then is, it's it's not necessary at all. Like you don't have to do any yeah. of this. So like the fact that this was all a choice that was made and people signed off on it, and said, Yeah, let's do that is wild. So <laughs> yeah. let's get into what people thought about this movie, playing our favorite game, going to all the different aggregate review sites. May we're gonna start with IMDB, which ranks things out of ten. What do you think out of ten, no escape currently has on IMDb?
2: I think i might have seen it because i was also doing some research on googling about the movie i i think it's like 4.6 or 4.7 well it might have been a different ranking
1: okay yeah
2: i think that Cameron.
1: i don't i don't know I, I honestly am at a loss here uh because like i said i came in i was like hey it's quality made it like the pictures and sound look crisp mm-hmm. but it's kind of bankrupt
0: i don't know it's like like a 5 6.7 mm-hmm. uh which is way too high very high by imdb standards people loved right. loved the the just tense thrilling nature of the film mm-hmm. uh you'll see a lot of the higher reviews are just like non-stop action thriller basically like we were saying just this fantasy of like you know what i would do in the situation or like owen wilson is such a good dad and it's just like mm, i don't know i mean you're you're clearly watching this from a certain perspective but that's not (laughs) what i saw that ain't it uh that ain't it may if we go over to rotten tomatoes out of a hundred percent what do you think critics gave this movie
2: i would have thought like 50 something like that
0: Cameron? I'm going to say even lower. I'm going to say like a 40. 48%. Uh, so
1: oh.
0: Oh, technically rotten. may closer. Um, it does have a 62% audience score. But I think more critics than just general viewers saw straight through what this is. Right. Um, there's just a yeah. lot of just like calling it out for blatant xenophobia, calling it out for just shameless uh murder and violence i think a lot of people harped on something that i also was feeling which is like if this movie was made in like 1982 and like starred sylvester stallone and like mm. you know sharon stone and they oh, like you know hell I mean? like, yeah that seems like because we had rambo and like all kinds of other things where like let's just go to f- for foreign, foreign countries are scary yeah and like we need to defend ourselves from them was the eighties yeah. you know um, we did that deeply into the 90s. What,
1: what what's the um, Wesley Snipes movie, Rising Sun? Yeah, with Sean Connery. I mean, that was that movie. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's basically uh, what's my man, um, Steven Seagal. That's his whole. Aesthetic. That was his name. <laughs> yeah. like, what
1: country? What country do I be in and fight the natives?
0: <laughs> um, but I do want to read this. This just excerpt from one of the reviews. Um, from QZ.com, which says in Hollywood, it's the people of color who can't escape wherever they go. They're just candy mm-hmm. fodder for some white guy's adventure. Which I was like, nice, damn, that's nice, very accurate facts. <laughs> <laughs> the, this MF was spitting. Finally, though, going to Amazon.com, our absolute favorite. May out of five stars. What do you think? I hope it's the a two. Currently has a two. Cameron, what do you think? You would hope. <laughs> you
1: would hope. But I'm going to have to say I'm going to say like four, honestly,
0: four stars, 4.6 out of five, 77 uh, percent, oh. five star reviews. One of them oh. is titled Pretty Violent Movie, Not for Pansies. Oh.
2: <laughs> that was the target oh. audience, I think,
0: that person. <laughs> not exactly. pansies. Not Got for you. pansies. Um, Got you. Part of their review says <laughs> some people complain that it painted Thai citizens in a negative light, but I disagree. If you pay attention to what's being said throughout the movie, one of the characters explains precisely why the people are acting in such a violent and extremist manner. It actually justifies their actions. See? Just- it actually <laughs> assigns blame upon himself and the ruling elites, uh, uh. which is like...
1: So wait, he heard that Pierce Brosnan monologue and he was like, mm, mm, "This is this is that commentary I was looking for." Mm. And That's and
0: enough it's enough the for whole, sprinkles. It,
2: sprinkles enough. For- <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah yeah that's all i need <laughs> that's, that's all the I whole need. movie yeah. you know i can extrapolate that yeah. to everything don't stop this the action
2: like... for the uh you know yeah a- analysis and let's get
0: back my to man you.
1: probably my man probably went to applebee's after this movie and like discussed <laughs> it with all his friends and used that
0: exact monologue as his yeah. like discussion point it's like come on bro so that's what the critics and the people thought but now it's time for us to review this movie on our cacacity ranking scale And then we have three levels of caucasity to rank this movie on. Uh, The first one being shorts in the winter. Now, I don't know what it's like in Prague in terms of not even just the weather, but just the (laughs) general aesthetics of if white people are just like, look, I know it's 30 degrees outside, but... I can't not wear shorts. Like I have to. <laughs> you
2: mean Fahrenheit 30 degrees or do you use a? Yeah, degree? I was about to say do Fahrenheit. Yeah. Do you use a different degree system? It, we, we
1: only ones. We only ones, we bro. We only ones in Fahrenheit, yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what that is. So it's like <laughs> negative,
0: like below it's freezing. negative 12 oh, Celsius. Below freezing. Okay, got
2: it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: so just they're comfortable with their legs out <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and shorts out. <laughs> There's snow on the ground. It's, it's clearly cold. But, you know, seemingly this is a choice that they've made. And it's not a choice that's hurting me, but it is a choice that I'm curious about. I wonder why you've chosen to do this. I don't even necessarily wish you would stop. It just seems like it's not good for you. And maybe you could make a better decision. Uh, Cameron, what's the second level?
1: Uh, Second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair. Mm. And it's probably not asking to touch your hair, but it definitely is curious. It's like, ooh, that texture is different than mine. I want to I wanna see all about that. And before asking you, probably has retched from across the room onto your scalp and just placed their hand just deeply into your follicles. The violation, exactly. It's a it's a violence, it's a light violence, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not bleeding, but you in my space, man, and I,
0: I need you to exit. And the third level, I mean, there's been so many things happening recently that it's kind of hard to keep track of. This week is crazy. (laughs) uh, Cameron, you weren't here for the last episode, but we did talk about the Black History Month police car in Miami and also Columbus, Ohio. Uh, There's been all kinds of just rampant xenophobia about Chinese spy balloons and uh, just crazy things going on. But there's something that we did miss, which is... Uh, down in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis just can't can't stop, won't stop. He can't stop, Did, won't stop. <laughs> diddy, diddy voice. Um, and one of the things that's been going around just this viral video of this library and this school in in Miami, where yeah. there are yeah. no books because zero books. <laughs> all of the books go against Ron DeSantis's ban on quote unquote woke wow. teaching critical race theory, and so they basically decided that it's better to be safe than sorry and just took all the books nope. out wow because no books because s- at the school it's dystopian in, in some way or another they were like most of these vi- it is very dystopian and right, i think i'd rather it. stay in um driven thailand proud man feels good
2: yeah i don't think <laughs> i want to go home to the u.s <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think
2: <laughs> yeah exactly you might
0: you might be able to read more but i guess uh, but this is the level where you know exactly yeah. what you're doing. There were no mistakes. This was intentional. You meant to do mm. harm. You revel in the harm that you're doing. You wish you could do more harm. And so, you know, from a governor banning all of the books. I think that's the. No, can, I
1: think that's written in the first page of Rhonda Santos's Bible, actually. No books. That, that list right there. Yeah. No books. Except this <laughs> book.
0: But then not this book. Except this book right here. And then not even this book. But from 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 that level all yeah. the way down to just the first level of innocuous curiosity where do you think um no escape ranks for
2: me it's like at the level between three and two right like three is the highest right highest level of cricket so between three and two from yeah. from the perspective mm-hmm. like from the perspective of the screenwriter and directors i think that it's between three and two because i also believe i mean i believe it does harm but i also believe that they don't even realize how much harm that they are doing. And that is also part of their privilege, right? It's part of your privilege to be, oh, well, I'll just, you know, let's do it, you know, I'll just try this or try that. And I, I think it's, yeah, so it, it's all, uh, even worse than them wanting to do harm is that they in their kind of ignorance that they don't even realize what they're doing. And and But I think from the perspective of, I guess, the Hollywood system, I would say three, because I think that at some level, somebody who greenlight who pays for this, right, greenlights it, they know what, I mean, they they would know what they're doing. They know what sells. They, you know, at the end of the day, it's the bottom dollar. They know what will sell. They know what kind of fears to plug into so that people, you know, will come and watch the movie. So I would veer towards three for them, for the system. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cameron, what about
1: you? Oh, this is this is Ron DeSantis burning that book in front of my black ass. Like he's just like, hey man. Burning the souls. Of black copy folk. of book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's burning a copy of uh the souls of black folk or beloved right in front of my face. He's like, you can't read this no more, bro. Like, I I This is like Malcolm said they this is what they this do. This is what they do. This is what they do. Like, it's this is kind of, it's, it's gross. It's gross propaganda. It's like, it's it's a little more gross than like when I found out that like Marvel has been making movies with like the United States defense contracts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ay, geez, man, that's not fun. It doesn't make Captain America fun anymore. No. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you got this movie and I could have seen myself watching this and maybe enjoying it under different circumstances if they were like observing the media in the country or like seeing what was actually happening. And like he had more, I don't know, like a come to self moment about what he's actually doing there and like what his place is in Cambodian politics or in Southeast Asian politics, like what he's bringing to them and why they don't yeah. like it. I would like to know why they don't like it. I would like to know reasons. I would like subtitles. I would just like context. And this movie deletes the context. Like, J- like Jordan said in the first part of this podcast, they got rid of the subtitles to lure you into a fearful atmosphere. And it's it's really gross. It's really gross. And really empty and like, just kind of like mean-spirited honestly and i think that that's like that i don't i don't i literally typed into my letterbox like why would i go to the theaters to see this why would i why would i be like hey baby friday afternoon friday (laughs) evening what do you want to do dinner and no escape (laughs) no never
0: never this well it's it's also like by having owen wilson be just almost like a clueless, bumbling action, Mr. Magoo, who like walks through all of these situations, totally oblivious to like not only his complicit part in it, but like yeah, the central conceit of the movie, which gets lost very quickly within it, is that his company is trying to monetize the water oh. in this country, meaning that they are trying to have control. Mm-hmm. Over the essential
1: <laughs> resource, <laughs> like, essential resource. You
0: know, like when you think about just water supply and water filtration, and you know all these like the ability to access clean water in certain countries. But on top of that, just ac- literal access to it. You know, like having working indoor plumbing, running water, things that you can use yeah. to boil water, like all this kind of stuff, and like the fact that his company that he's working for if he knows nothing else right, <laughs> right, right. if he did not read he knows like he doesn't doesn't even know math
1: he's just like fam
0: if i'm controlling the water though yeah he didn't read the welcome to the company pamphlet that they gave him if he has no idea what his job is to do there he knows that he is doing something involving their water and when the guy says blood water right and they make that poor man who has clearly has a concussion and has been beaten <laughs> translate what that means for them <laughs> you know what i mean it's like duh dude like i can see why people would be so upset that you're not only trying to a force them into unpaid labor to operate the things that you're building in their country but then limit or totally control their access to water that they need to live And so the fact that Owen Wilson is still somehow the hero of this movie (laughs) and presented, uh, the only thing I could think was just like,
1: That's racist!
0: Because that's pretty racist, right? Like, that's all just (laughs) crazy in in the context of how you're presenting this, the POV that I'm forced to engage with this movie with, and then the fact that I only know Kenny Rogers. Of all the people in this country... He's the only one whose name... I don't even know the Prime Minister's name. He's just the Prime Minister. He's just been killed. Like, that's... That's it. It's so... cost It's just wild to think that this movie... I'm obviously giving it the third level, but, like, this movie is being presented in that way because, again, like you said, while I, while I agree, May, that I think there is definitely a level of naivety here involved with the people making the film, uh, I also believe that, like, they had some understanding in that they based it on actual events on the Arab spring. They based it on their experiences being in Thailand when they were saying that there was some kind of peaceful coup happening in 2007. I, I mean, at this point, I don't know what to believe of what they're telling me. Or not. But I think yeah. that, you know, like there is some, level of knowing involved where maybe they don't know the ins and outs and like intricacies but they know that they thought i would be terrified to be in this country me a white man would be terrified to be in this country when this is happening and not what are the political implications of living in a country that's going through this level of political upheaval that's not the interesting part that's not the part that we want to investigate and explore what about me I think in it's a, yeah they just don't and care and how would it's we not survive even like whether they know
2: or not it's just well, it's not really even a necessary question and you know we are in 2015 it's like you know it, it, like the film has evolved and critical thinking has evolved it's like the fact that this can still this kind of movie can still be made in 2015 is just um shocking it's it really is kind of shocking and um uh, like you know, and, and you know, I felt it so yeah. personally because it's part of my heritage. But it makes me think about how, like, how many movies have I seen and I haven't put that critical lens on just because I don't know, because maybe the movie was very seductive in its action or whatever or the storyline, or you know, or because it wasn't close to mm-hmm. me, so I didn't pick it up as as strongly as I did the othering. You know, because I think that we are almost immune to this, even though it's 2015. Yeah. I was just saying that you know we have you know gone supposedly a long way since, you know, the movies from the 80s and 90s. But I think that it's a whole like childhood and lifetime of watching movies like this. So in some ways, we are kind of immune to it. Um, And it's also a whole viewpoint, isn't it? it? It is really like, I don't care about what's going on outside. I just care about me, my family, we're, you know, and we're the most important thing here. You know, it's all about me. But it, that is actually true of a lot of expats when they come to the. I, I don't mean like you know in the middle of a coup, but they come to the country. They don't care about, you know, the con, the social, political context of the country, the history. They don't care about learning the language. It really is a thing, you know, of expats. So I think it's just a extreme version of that yeah. kind of thinking that is still really prevalent. You know, that I am the center, and everybody else, you know, yeah. doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. Well, we like to recommend some movies for people to watch uh, instead of this. And I have a movie that I I was looking around and I was trying to think of one and then I found one. And I was like, damn, that's a good movie. Uh, so, I mean, it, it fits into it in multiple ways. One, it's Tony Jaa, who is from Thailand. He's one of Thailand's biggest action stars. Two, it is re- released by or originally was released by the mm-hmm. Weinstein Company, which also released No Escape. Uh, So his same company, but the Weinstein company truncated it and released it as the protector. But the original title in the uncut version is uh, Tom Young Gung, which is one of the best action movies you could watch. We were talking about Cameron um, in Extraction, that one, like that supposed one shot that went throughout. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Have you seen The Protector? The uh, the the truck chase. The truck chase. Have you seen The Protector?
1: I have not seen The Protector. I have not seen The Protector.
0: There is an amazing sequence in The Protector. There's, there's two, but there's one where Tony Jaa basically walks into this hotel, and it's a one shot of him going from the first floor all the way up to, like, the third or fourth floor and just kicking an ass, right? And it's, like, done in a way that's, like, this was like 2005 2006 so like digital photography possible in the edits but really feels like they literally did it in one take uh from start to finish and it's one of the most put it like, in my veins amazing just like martial arts sequences on film and so if you're looking for something that's actually stars type people is actually <laughs> about Uh, It's not about a coup, but it's definitely just like an excuse to sit down and watch a good action film and see one of the greatest martial artists ever to live, you know, like do what he does. Like I would watch you can watch The Protector because it's it's the same movie. But Tom Young Goon um, is the uh, like the Thai original cut of the film. Um, So if you can find that, I would watch that just because it's the whole movie and not just it kind of chopped up in the way that they like when when american companies used to just bring over like asian action films to just kind of say uh we don't need x y like we just get to the action like let's cut out a lot of these beats um you know it's kind of what they did to this movie but like it's if you watch the original uncut version like it is amazing um cameron and may do you have anything to recommend again it could be literally anything just not no escape Uh. yes
2: it just came to me now
0: Sweet, uh, As awesome. we're
2: talking, um, it's a Korean movie, um, and it actually stars the um, the guy from Parasite, the actor hmm. who plays the father in Parasite, and it's called Song A Keng Taxi Ho? Driver. Yes, yes, that's right, Song Kang-ho. Um, it's called A Taxi Driver, and it's set during the period where there was um, a massacre in Guangzhou. So it, I think the country at the time was under kind of military um, dictatorship and um people were protesting and I think and what ended up happening in Guangzhou was a kind of military massacre of a lot of them were workers students young people and so like so in the beginning you think oh no I in the beginning I thought it was a white savior Hmm. movie just because like it's about this American journalist who wants to get into Guangzhou right um to, to to film and to report on what's happening there but he has to find someone to get him in there because it's you know, unstable and he gets a taxi, he manages to find a taxi driver to drive him all the way there from Seoul and it's um Kong Sang-ho's character. Um And then, but you know, that's just the beginning, but afterwards it really, you really like uh, meet all of the different characters, the local people who live there who help him to get the footage. And, and, and then to smuggle that footage out so that it's um in sh- shown to kind of like international media and now this is based like on a true story this actually happened I think an American uh journalist got in was able to, to film it and then uh, was able to smuggle it out and that that's how people knew about it like internationally um and but what I felt was like we were always with the people mm-hmm. and you know the the journalist perspective it, he, he was just really in any way in, in some ways a plot device to get us in there, you know, as kind of foreigners, perhaps, you know, as people who are not from that area. And we were really with the people the whole time. And, um, you know, as people got killed and stuff like that, the violence was never sensationalized. It was, it was, it was terrible like to watch, but it was never like glorified or sensationalized. It just was what, it just kind of, um, was what happened. It just showed what happened and it was terrible at times. Um, so it is, I just thought this, this, is how you do right. it this is how you do a movie that gives like the political and social context It's kind of due weight while still having really great characters song Kang ho he's such a great character it's so funny um you know a- 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 and there's even scenes where it's like oh it's a little bit like not slapstick but exaggerated you know so there's this whole chase scene where they, um, where uh, uh, the taxi driver drives the journalist out of the um, out of Guangzhou, being chased by the military, you know, and and then all these all his fellow taxi drivers come and help him by like you know um, distracting them and like getting them off the road and stuff like that. And it's it's an exaggeration, but it felt so right because mm-hmm. that's what it must have felt like, you know, the exhilaration of like smuggling this videotape. Out of you know, out of the hands of the military in Guangzhou, must have been exhilarating and scary and thrilling and terrifying at the same time. So it's a dramatic like um, it's a dramatic portrayal of of what actually ha- happened. And um, yeah, I would highly. It's one of my favorite movies. Nice. So I recommend that
0: for sure. Cameron, what would you recommend? Um, I actually referenced
1: it earlier as a joke, but it kind of is. It's a good movie about um about well not necessarily a coup but like the overthrowing of the French government uh during the Algerian War and that's the Battle of Algiers which is a movie from I think it's like nineteen sixty seven yeah and they were let me make sure I have that right they were there yeah nineteen sixty six yes so this movie combines footage from the actual war footage from like actual. Sadly, like, you know, violence against people. But with uh, fictional fictional situations that are woven into the footage, but I, which I've never seen before. And honestly, with the black and white photography of both in this film, it, they're kind of indecipherable. So you're left with this very realistic wow. situation that actually happened and kind of aren't really able to tell... Scenes from scenes, whether or not it's you know set up, or whether or not it was documentary footage, and uh, it's important to see you know the people of North Africa, the people of Algeria fight back against colonialism, like in real time, mm-hmm. and see. and In this movie, you get to see a how that occupation is affecting them, literally going from town to town within Algeria. You literally get to see them go, you know, go within, you know, a QZ to like a um, un I guess um uh ungovernmented part of town. Uh you get to see that in actuality. You get to see, you know, them actually the the rebels fighting back against the French government. It's a very intense movie, kinda like this one. It's in, in a sense an action movie but very much so like realistic to their situation and i think that's and it's sympathetic to their situation too which is also the important part and it, there's it, it does do a little bit of both sidesing but in a way that's actually constructive because you get to see like why the french government is problematic in this sense and why the algerian people uh not necessarily well why the algerian people ended up being colonized not necessarily why why they should have been right, it's right. why they were right. why they were there's no should have been there um cut that out Jordan. <laughs> I'm leaving it in but you know you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> leaving it in uh but you know it's it's an important movie and definitely you know it's on a lot of lists it's on sight and sound poll it's you know it's a, there's a criterion of it it's an important movie and uh, a friend put me onto it several years ago and i feel like it's my duty to uh pay it
0: forward a little bit in that sense yeah for sure well that's going to do it for us this week may thank you so much for joining us this has been great so so happy that you got a chance to come on and and talk with us because i think not only the additional context uh which i think is important and we, we definitely enjoy that but also just like we always try to think about okay, like if this movie was about us, what would it be like? But like having that like actual perspective of like, oh no, it's as as gross as you think it is. Maybe more, (laughs) like maybe, (laughs) maybe worse. Uh, So thank you so much for, I mean, you know, subjecting yourself to this movie again, but also (laughs) for taking some time to talk to us. Uh, Let everybody know online where they can find you, uh, but also anything that you have going on. I know you have a book uh, that you're working on and other things. So tell everybody about where they can find you.
2: Okay, yeah, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. It was a huge pleasure, um, despite the movie. It was really great having a chat with you guys. And um, I, I, I love the chance to basically do with you guys what I would normally do in a movie with my boyfriend. You know, I'll be like, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe you. <laughs> i cultural This is incorrect. So it's great being able to do it on a public platform. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, uh, my website is www.mainno.net. So m-a-y-n-g-o dot net. That's where you can find some of my writing. So I work as a book reviewer. I've also written an audio drama um, and I also do essays and also copywriting. So more kind of corporate stuff. And I also uh, run the Prague Writers Workshop, which is praguritersworkshop.cz over here in Prague in the Czech Republic. We've had writing audio drama workshops and um, hopefully more workshops in the future. And I'm currently, yeah, writing a crime fiction novel with an Asian-Australian protagonist um, because I think crime fiction is way too white, Mm -hmm. um, including Australian crime fiction, you know. um, But so I'm hoping to um, submit that soon to different agents and publishers. Absolutely. That's what I'm up to right now.
0: Great. Uh, Cameron, what do you have going on?
1: Um, Yeah, you can find me on the internet's Twitter and instagram at the blipster 1138 uh right now i just wrapped the writer's room on the show i was working on so don't know when (laughs) i do know where (laughs) and soon uh you guys will get the details too but i it was a really cool project i want to shout out you know damn right originals and uh the people there that gave me the chance to work on something with them. Um, and yeah, when, when it's ready, uh, I'll definitely be able to tell you more.
0: And I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at J R S O S A 18 J R S O S A 18 DC power, which is the DC comics anthology of all their black superheroes is out now. I'm a part of that. So definitely check that out. Um, <laughs> Go get that as black history. Month. Go get it. <laughs> uh, also be on the lookout for red Sonya, hell Sonya in stores, February 15th, and then subsequently March 22nd is the final issue of that. And then other comic stuff will be happening soon. I'll tell you about that mm-hmm. in a little bit. But if you want to reach out to us, you can find us at white underscore pod on Twitter. You can also reach out to us at whitepeoplewithsaveyupod at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, whatever movies you think we should watch, or if you'd like to be a guest or anything like that, please let us know. But that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back next week with more caucasity. Peace. Peace. can't save us
2: we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be safe. can't save us we don't want to be saved can't save us we don't want to be safe. can't save us we don't want to be saved